beautiful way of Jesus, and we've been looking at a whole bunch of things um, to help us build a strong world with Jesus, private world with Jesus. And um, I've been super encouraged about everyone that's um, been giving Sabbath a nudge that hasn't done that before. In fact, uh, we had our pre was it our pre meeting last weekend? It was. I eh? we had our pre meeting last week, and it was cool because just catching up with some of the folks there. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? You know what have you been up to today? Oh, we had all these plans, but then when we heard you talk, we just chilled out. And I was like, hey, I mean, how cool is that? Like, that God stoked on that as well, because it's like there's so much go, go, go in Christian life. And yet I think the church is finally starting to read the Bible a bit and go, oh, yeah, it's also rest, rest, rest a bit in him and just have his pace and Sabbath and all the rest of it. So uh, good on you, everyone that's giving it a nudge. Today we're going to be um, having a little buffet of a few things that are hopefully will be helpful. It's... Um, we're going to look at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, prophetic and encouragement. So that's the buffet that's in front of you today. And so pick a dish that's best suited for where you're at and enjoy. Um, but I want to look at the whole topic of encouragement. So today we're going to look at uh, Pentecost. We're going to look at uh, the Holy Spirit getting pulled out. Here's the big idea, guys, as we open up this little buffet. Um, what we're trying to learn as a people is what it looks like to live with the Holy Spirit every day. So even as we talk about building a strong devotional life with Jesus, what we're trying to learn is how to sit with the Holy Spirit. Like that's the big idea is learning. So, you know, uh, we talked about silence and solitude a couple of weeks ago at St. Patrick's and how that was central to the life of Jesus. The only reason we're trying to have silence and solitude is because we want to be able to sit with the Spirit of God and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us every day. And the Bible talks about being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what we're trying to learn in a really busy culture is how to be with Jesus every day. Ideally, a number of times a day, we're just sitting with Him. And this is why the Holy Spirit was given, is that, that we could have the Holy Spirit reside in us. And it was prophesied, as I said, as I prayed earlier, that it was for all people, sons and daughters. And this was controversial, like, you know, servants and slaves were going to get the same gift as their masters. So cool. It's like this subversive, you know, kind of gift that's like, it's for everyone. And, you know, the thing on my heart is especially for those that don't feel worthy, you know, or those that don't feel like they're quite qualified to be like a super Christian. And because the Holy Spirit stuff's kind of like super Christian stuff. And I'm like, Jesus really tried to, he's like, it's for everyone. And in fact, he says he wants to give treasure into jars of clay. Like that's where he puts his treasure. And Jesus' big issue was with religious people that thought they were smashing it. You know, like that was his number one thing. So like, if you don't feel like you're smashing it, then welcome Heidi Mai, like you're just, you're in the sweet spot for Jesus to be like, here's a special treat for you. <laughs> you're exactly the sort of person I want to give my spirit to. It's for everyone. And it's not about behavior. Like behavior, like he, he sorts us out as we go. Like the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. I'm big on that. Like, because I want life in all of its fullness. But you don't sort your life out, then get the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit who helps you sort your life out. How cool is that? So we just, just be open today uh, to this whole thing. In Acts chapter, uh, well, actually, let's just jump back a bit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, it says this. After his suffering, this is Jesus who died on the cross, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs he was alive. Big scripture, right? You know, it's like without that, we're really in a pickle. Uh, but he, he was, and he like had to give them convincing proofs because a whole lot of, you know, doubting Thomases were like, oh, I'm not too sure. 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So he gives us 40-day block course. All of a sudden, the disciples are really paying attention. You know how some of you guys get a bit distracted in the sermon sometimes? Well, the disciples were like that probably with Jesus. And then when the resurrected Jesus is standing in front of them, it's like, okay, big deal that you're alive. So what was that kingdom of God stuff again? And it's all about God's rule and reign breaking into the world now in the most beautiful way. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we know what's coming, which is this passage here, but they didn't. So they go and they pray, and then on the day of Pentecost, uh, they were all together in one place, and suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they, I love that they were sitting. I just love that little detail. Because you picture prayer meetings where everyone's walking around, you know, kind of going for it. And these guys have been praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit, and they're just sitting, you know. <laughs> Which is kind of, you don't hype up the Holy Spirit. He comes down. You know, and I'm all about passion, but intensity is not a fruit of the Spirit. You know, just FYI, and I need to tell myself that a whole lot. In fact, on my iPad, because I get so warmed up, I've got this little um, sticker on here that says Easy Tiger, because I'm trying to, I'm always trying to decide Easy Tiger, you know. Like. So then Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, which is effectively this giant tag, church in, because Jesus operated in the power of the Spirit in his earthly ministry. He just flowed in the things of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, it's good that I go, which is always like, no, it's not. It's, like, it's terrible that you're going. It'll be so much easier if Jesus was still hanging around, right? But he's like, no, it's good that I go because I'm going to give the church the same power that I had. And then I'm going to say, tag, you're in, you're now my body. So go into all the world, making disciples, not converts. I'm all about the conversion thing, but I'm like, make followers of Jesus who learn the way of Jesus and the life of Jesus and the rhythms of Jesus and the healing of Jesus and the mind of Jesus and all that stuff. And so enjoy that and, uh, and go and just do, do the stuff everywhere because you know, Jesus could only be in one place physically. Now we can be his representatives in Marainui, in your workplace, in your family as we learn to live in the power of the Spirit. Now, I want to zero in because we, you know, we've got decades ahead of us of looking at Pentecost, and so we're going to look at lots of different angles. The one little angle I want to zero in on this particular round is this wonderful gem of a verse in Acts 9.31. It says this, the church, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, which is unusual in the early church. It was like, ooh, things are ticking along without serious floggings going on. Yay! Uh, it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers and living in, the, uh, living in the fear of the Lord. Just quickly, just to hit that little last bit. The fear of the Lord is not like I'm afraid of you. Some of us have had tough fathers we, that we were afraid of. This is not what the passage is talking about. The fear of the Lord is a sense of awe and reverence. Like, whoa, you are holy. You're awesome. You're amazing. And, and he loves us. But that's the sort of fear of the Lord they're talking about. They're not like just cowering, waiting for a smack because you've made the wrong call. Does that make sense? You know, but the main thing I want to say there is that they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So th this is what I want to talk about. The main thing I want to talk about today is that the Holy Spirit is given to us to encourage us. Just so cool. Okay. Now, one of the first things I want to say is that it's important that when we think about the 
uh, been encouraged by the Holy Spirit, that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about a person. It's a person of the Trinity. It's a person. Now, that's a uh, still, even I've been preparing this, I know theologically that's accurate, but even the name the Holy Spirit is kind of like a spiritual vibe more than a person who resides in me and gives me power. But the reason it's quite important, even as we talk about encouragement, is that it's a different ball game being encouraged by a person than by some vibe. There's a person who wants to encourage you, and he's the Holy Spirit who resides in you if you've welcomed him into your heart. He is encouraging you, and he's, he's personal. It's very different than a vibe that says, well done, Chris, on the piano today, not too many bung notes, you know, some vibe that says, yeah, it was good. Then a personal encouragement, well done, Chris, that was good. That's a personal, it's different. And the Holy Spirit is a person and we can be encouraged because we can be encouraged by our circumstances. We can be encouraged by looking at our bank account very rare, but may, once or twice maybe after you get your tax return, you're like, oh, it's pretty encouraging. You know, a bit of a surprise. You can be encouraged because the bill wasn't too big. But to be personally encouraged, that's another level. That's, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. The word encouraged in verse 31 is the Greek word paraklesis, which can be translated as exhortation, comfort, or encouragement. It literally means to be called to one side. So you've just got someone with you, walking with you, to give you that help, comfort, encouragement, and strength. In the Gospel of John, Jesus used a related form of this word as a name for the Holy Spirit. He says in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, John 14, 16. And the word counsellor there is the Greek word parakletos, which means helper, comforter, encourager, or advocate. So this is one of the actual names of the Holy Spirit, is this parakletos, someone who encourages us because that's who he is in his nature. He's an encourager. Now, the biggest issue Christians face, I personally think, here comes a big call from the pastor, easy tiger, uh, he's, is this, it's discouragement. We just, like the enemy wants to discourage you and God knew that so he gave us the person of the Holy Spirit who by nature is an encourager. How cool is that? Discouragement's the worst it's the worst being discouraged, just being discouraged in your Christian walk. I hope that hasn't happened in the series, but it may have where you're like, oh no, the pastor's talking about having a super walk with Jesus and my walk's rubbish and discouraged, you know? And sorry about that if that's been the case, but I'm trying to you know, get my pom-poms out and encourage us to have this, rather than just talk about Jesus, be with him every day. But anyway, that's a tangent. But the Holy Spirit's given to personally encourage you. Like just like he's got his pom poms out, going, you can do it. Yes, you can. I just the more I've thought about this, I'm like, what a cool gift, God! You're so nice because I need that. I need someone where I've fallen off the wagon on any front. I need someone not to discourage me or make me feel stink. I need someone to encourage me, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. This morning, the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you wherever you're at with your walk with the Lord. He wants to lift you up and say, you can do it. Just love it. You know, we live in a pessimistic, cynical age. You know, everyone's like just jaded and, you know. And the Holy Spirit's positive pants. He's positive pants. He's just like fully positive And he's like, other people may give up on you. The Holy Spirit will never give up on you. 
He's always for you. He's with you. Arm around you saying, keep on walking. Keep on going. Keep, you know, if you've made some commitments in this devotional series about finding life in Jesus and you've fallen off the wagon already, allow the Holy Spirit to encourage you. It's okay, mate. Back on. It's all right. Back on that way. <laughs> We talk about the wagon a lot in this church, and um, yeah, and as we have this Thursday morning group where we encourage each other, and everyone thinks we're Alcoholics Anonymous because all we talk about, if they overhear us, is whether you're on or off the wagon, and how you can do, <laughs> how you can, how we can encourage each other to stay on the wagon, and uh, all, all good. And so, this morning, that's what I, I believe God wants to do: is simply encourage you, and. I've made this commitment personally where I'm never going to let the devil just like, just keep me in a rut. You know, like, because you're going to make mistakes. That's why we've got to take communion every week. Like, you're, you are vulnerable because you're human, and that's okay. But the biggest thing the enemy will want to do is just keep you in that rut. And often it's because deep down we, we've got a, like a head knowledge of it's not works, it's about grace and mercy. But deep down we feel like we've got to please God and get ourselves sorted out before we can come back to church or start hanging out with Jesus. And it can be an off-ramp for years, folks. And so every time you make a mistake or just boldly approach the throne of grace, you know, for years I've been wanting to just be a person that reads their Bible every day. And I reckon this is the first year it hasn't been a big challenge, which is just like, now I hate to depress you, but I'm 37 and I've been fighting for that habit for at least 10, maybe 15 years of just fighting. I want to be a person that reads the Word every day, every morning. And, you know, we live in this digitally distracted age and blah, 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 and all these excuses. And I've fallen off the wagon just so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times where I look at my Bible in a year app and there's a little red dot of condemnation all the way down the screen. And I'm like, I'm like seven months behind. How do you do catch up? You know, it's like just I'm going to download the app again and just start from scratch, whatever. But every time I see the red dots of condemnation, I'm like, screw you, devil. I'm not going to just stay. I'm just going to get back on the wagon because I've got the Holy Spirit with me saying, I can do it. And it's actually a lot easier than you think. Like we've got these huge inputs, these huge barriers in our head around why our life is so tough and so we just can't. And he's encouraging us, no, you can do it. Yes, you can. You know, he's again, pom-poms all the way. You can, empowered by the Holy Spirit, allowing him to lift your spirits this morning and allowing him to speak to you about what that habit may be or that discipline may be or even about what you're thinking about yourself that's not true. He wants to, he's the spirit of truth, as Jesus said. So he's going to say to the truth, you don't have to be afraid about the truth that sets you free. And the truth, God is going to, the enemy's going to tell you lies. You're unlovable, you're too much of a mess, you're too much, whatever. The truth is, you're unbelievably loved. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. And he's for you, not against you. So you can do it, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But we need to yield ourselves to that place. Easy, Tiger. So the first way that we, so here, here's how we can be used by the Holy, I want to spend some time praying for each other, so let me just try and rip through these last little bits. There's two main ways that we can be used by the Holy Spirit to bring encouragement to others, because if the Holy Spirit is in us, then by nature, He's wanting to use us to be an encouragement to others, okay? And now the Bible is filled with uh, the New Testament, especially 30% of the New Testament concerns 
with, is concerned with how a Christian relates to another Christian. A believer relates to another believer. 30% of the New Testament. And so there's all these like 50, there's 50 one another statements. Be devoted to one another. Be hospitable to one another. Don't be judgmental, but lift one another up. And, but one of them in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, encourage one another and build each other up. I don't know if that's on there, sorry. Um, whatever. Uh, encourage one another and, and build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to have conflict in this church. It's already happened lots of times. I know I'm the pastor. I've kind of worked out some stuff, right? So like, we're going to have conflict. I, you know, that's just a given. We've got to lift our walkaway point because it's just a real like, meh. we want to be devoted to one another. But also we don't want a culture of gossip or discouragement. We want a culture of encouragement where we encourage one another, okay? And that helps us. So I want to speak to that today. Let's encourage one another. This is, uh, in, uh, where are we in one, I think in Romans, there's a passage somewhere. Here we go, Romans 1 to 12 verse 8. If you've got a gift of encouraging, please encourage some of you guys actually have this like innate ability to do it. You just, you encourage people and we all need it. Amen. Like we all need encouragement. I'd love that if, you know, again, our Bay groups and, and we're trying to build a healthy culture of accountability, but it's about encouraging one another. That's at the, at the heart of our accountability. It's encouraging one another to pursue a life that's found in Jesus. And what we're discovering is that when we pursue the life in Jesus, that his promises are true. That life in all of its fullness is found in him. It's not a pipe dream. That when you move from cultural Christianity of Sunday to Sunday and actually abide with Him and learn to remain in Him, and you do the Sabbath and you, your life gets richer. It's like, but we encourage one another in that. The second thing that we can do to encourage another person is through the gift of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy uh, is a very interesting gift, but it's one of the ways, the main gifts that we can use in this church to encourage people. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Chris is going to talk about this next week, but I would rather that you prophesy. Hmm, so take that, Chris, and all your sermon about tongues. Uh, <laughs> and it's really interesting because in the New Testament, no, I'm joking. It's going to be a great talk. Yeah, yeah, bring it. Um, in the New Testament, the term prophecy can have a broad range of meanings. It's associated, interestingly, with preaching and evangelism, both spontaneous preaching and well-thought-out preaching. Um, for example, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were filled with the Spirit, and Peter, who was inarticulate at the best of times, he preached, and 3,000 people became Christians. Bruce Radermitt knows exactly what I'm talking about. He gets up there on Saturday. How you got a lot of notes there, Bruce? Lots of notes? Lots of lot of little notebook full of notes? <laughs> Sorry, that was really loud. Um Bruce doesn't have any notes. It's unbelievable, ever. He gets up there and he prophesies as he preaches because the Spirit of God just rests on him and he gets up there in Madai Nui on that stage and preaches. At the same time, I honestly I feel as I've been reading this, I've been like, oh, this is so true because I know what I'm meant to preach on. And it's not like just a good idea. It feels sovereign. Preachers in the house know what I mean. Where it's like, this is, I knew today, oh, it's got to be encouragement. The Lord wants to encourage his church. He wants to 
fill us afresh with the Spirit, and He wants to equip us to prophesy, but the main thing He wants to do is encourage. And it's prophetic. I can feel it in the air. I know that I heard the Lord right. And I know He's already spoken to me about what series we're going to do in term four, and it's this exciting sense of the prophetic. So it's not just a word that we can give to people, which we're going to mainly push today, but it's about just flowing in the things of the Spirit so you know what to say when to say it. In his book, More, which I do have a slide for, Simon Ponsonby writes this. Moses on one occasion declared, I, I, would that all God's, I wish that, that all God's people's, typo there, sorry, wish that all God's people were prophets. Numbers 11.29. At Pentecost, his desire became a reality. When the Spirit was given, Peter stood to preach to the crowd. Of all the passages he could have chosen on the day the church was birthed on, he chose Joel 2.28-32. And Joel prophesied about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. And he makes clear that a sign of this outpouring is that the sons and daughters and the male and female servants would begin to prophesy. Elsewhere, the New Testament speaks of the priesthood of all believers, but Pentecost actually points to the prophethood of all believers. The tongues of fire which rested on each of them set their tongues on fire. This, uh, I believe that prophecies like tongues is one of those gifts that most people can operate in. Now, theologically, there's uh, you know um, arguments about whether um, all, everyone should be able to speak in tongues or whatever, like whatever. Eagerly desire it all. Just ask for all of it. Ask even, even next week, ask for the gift of tongues. But especially today, let's ask that God would give us prophetic gifts. All of us should eagerly desire these spiritual gifts. Uh, and, and Paul's longing, oh man, that all would prophesy. Why? Because when you prophesy, it encourages people. It deeply encourages people. It's super encouraging. I want to show you a quick video clip from this prophet uh, called, um, who really operates in this at another level called Sean Bowles. I'm going to show you a little prophetic word, but I want you to see how encouraging it is, particularly for this guy who probably wasn't expecting to receive a prophetic word that particular morning. And now Sean may, may be intimidating for some of you because you're like, oh, super Christian. This guy gets people's names and emails and telephone numbers and like it's bank account numbers. Yeah, that'd be cool. All of that. Uh, he gets, but but he's, 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 he goes at, to a, at lengths to say, this is simply because I've been obedient with little things. And as I've been obedient, he's entrusted with more, but it's still scary every time. And I still feel uncertain, but I'm just radically obedient. Okay. So let's have a quick look at this clip. I kept seeing um, uh, my dear friend, I'm just kidding, I don't know him, Tim Tebow, but I kept seeing like a Tebow, and I, I put down here, I don't know if this will be it, but Tebow7 at like Gmail or Yahoo or something, does that make sense to somebody, like is that, some, is that you? That's like, is it, is it like Tim Tebow or is it a little different? So spelled with a T-E-B-O-E. Okay, I don't even know how he spells his name. So it it isn't with a W. Okay, with a W. Does Donald mean anything to you? First name. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. I'm like so confused. I'm seeing Donald Glover, the black guy who sings. I'm like, okay, he's not a black guy. And he probably doesn't. Do you sing? You might sing. No. Okay. Then Donald was all it was. Um, I feel like I should salute you. Were you in the military? Yes, I was. Yeah, you were. <laughs> so thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, are you, do you have a son who's a junior? No, no children. But are you a senior somehow, or is there a senior Donald? Yeah, my grandpa was Donald. Oh, your grandpa was Donald. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, And he's not around anymore? No. So I feel like there's something from your grandpa that you inherited 
That's good. So like think about whatever that would be that reminds you of yourself in him or whatever it was. And I think it has to do with um, how straight shooter and truthful he was. And I'm not sure that that's fully it, but I just saw him being a no BS guy. (laughs) Straight shooter, totally truthful. I just said no BS in church, no prophetic word. (laughs) I can't believe I said that, but I did. I don't even cuss, but I did. So... But I feel like there's a truth, a, a, a truthful man in you that uh, of integrity, a root of integrity that's so strong. And I feel like because of this prophetic calling, it's uh, in the past it's isolated you some, but in the future it's actually going to be the greatest connection gift of your life. And I feel like in this next season, I see you like um, you like probably like remote places, and you like um, to be out on your own. And I feel like God's showing me that you're actually going to. Um, you'll always do that. You always like that because it's part of you. That's not negative at all. But in this next season, you're going to be just as much in the middle of things as you are away from things. There's going to be a balance between the two. And God's going to show you how to be a contributor with the revelation you have because it's very valuable. Who you are is very valuable. Your perspective is very valuable. And God wants to bring you to the table of conversation with a lot of people and uh, because he values who you are. He values you as a son. And I just feel like Donald... Uh, if, if you could do anything to prepare yourself for that, it's to get as positive about yourself and the world around you as you can. Start to see what God's doing. Start to really look at what God's doing in you and the world around you. You probably already do this. It's not a rebuke. But um, just be as positive as you can. If there's any traces of cynicism in you, just to get rid of it as much as you can. Because God has so much good for you and he has so much good through you for others. And I feel like you're going to be um, so full of good that you'll have people that maybe um, just been estranged because of distance and time that will come back around and be like, I heard that you were doing this. And there's going to be a lot of people who just say that a lot. I hear, I heard this about you. I want to hear it in person. I want to hear it directly from you. Like the report of Donald is going to go out of what God's doing with you. And it's actually going to harvest a whole group of people. And some of them already say, but they, they're not in their purpose. And God loves you. And he wants to use you uh, in this gift that he's put in you from the time you were little. And it's time. Does this make sense? Yeah, you're nailing it. I live okay. on 18 acres in the middle of nowhere. and Off the grid. Not, not known for uh, making stuff up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it. I would believe yeah. it. I'm surprised you have an email. That's good. You're nailing it. Thank you. <laughs> Bless you, Donald. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Crash land because I want, to, I want us to, to, to pray for one another. The homework this week is this. The beginner challenge, which is actually on the slide somewhere. The beginner challenge is this. Simply encourage someone this week. Just encourage someone this week. Um, text them, message them. It doesn't, again, sometimes it's a spiritual thing. Sometimes it's just a gift that God's given you. So the absolute entry-level thing is let's encourage someone this week. The intermediate challenge, option A. Withdraw to a lonely place, spend some time in prayer, and ask the Holy Spirit to encourage you, and then listen and journal what he says. He wants to speak encouragement to you. And uh, so again, that may be the toilet for some of you, that lonely place. For other people, it may be a metaphorical place. But try and find some time and space to go, Lord, just by your Spirit, encourage me today. And then try and jot it down on your phone or in a notepad. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. How cool is that? Option B, ask God to give you a prophetic word for someone, then give it to them. (laughs) And maybe outside of church, 
you'll have to get naturally supernatural, you know, in terms of like dial down the Christian lingo and then like Jesus did at the woman at the well, just ask a few questions and navigate your way through it and see if you can give a prophetic word to somebody. But I tell you what, doing that in this church would just thrill me to bits. Uh, advanced challenge is to read uh, Sean Bowles' book called God's Secrets. All the links to this stuff will be online shortly. Uh, because he's, got, he's a great teacher. And we've got people that are getting trained up to help run his kind of prophetic courses because I'd love us to have some discipleship pathways where if you really want to go deeper on this stuff, we've got like an eight-week course you can do or something to grow in the prophetic and to get a little bit more confident in some of that stuff. So we'll, we're building the bridge as we walk on it, blah, blah, blah. But that will be definitely happening. Until then, if you could read that, it will be great. Option B for the advanced challenge Commit that for the rest of the term, once a week, you're going to give a prophetic word to somebody. On church, at wherever, once a week, and just keep a record of that. I'm going to give a prophetic word to somebody once a week, and I'm going to be radically obedient to whatever he may call you to do. Let's stand together, and I'd like us to pray for each other this morning.